When you stop and think about all that's going on here in the good old USA today, you might think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 327 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view, mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program where I exercise my First Amendment right to free speech by providing you with information. Hopefully, you will absorb this knowledge, stop, and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. I'm Steve Z, and this is The Truth Hurts Program. Everybody loves something free. Well, just about everyone. I don't care who you are, even the most suspicious among us really sometimes just enjoy a little bonus. Of course, I'm talking about the freebies like birthday presents or Christmas presents or a gift from grandma or a thank you from someone for hard work or a sample at Sam's Club or free french fries at Mickey D's. Those freebies seem to be acceptable by most Americans and they're not a problem. But when the freebie comes in the mail, from a complete stranger or unsolicited from a company you've never heard of, especially from China, the freebie could become very costly and very dangerous. A new report has been circulated on television and social media outlets about a mysterious package arriving in the mailboxes and doorsteps of many Americans. The package contains a plastic baggie full of seeds. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is warning Americans not to plant the unsolicited seeds that appear to be arriving from China. States stretching from Washington to Virginia have told residents not to put the seeds in the ground because they don't know what will become of the seeds. They don't know if the plant will be an invasive species that threatens crops or livestock or would bloom and send little seed pods all around the country, damaging livestock, crops, and perhaps the environment in general. The USDA said on Tuesday it was collecting seeds and would test them to determine if they're a concern to agriculture or to the environment. They're working with states and the Department of Homeland Security's Customs and Border Protection Agency to investigate the packages, according to a statement. The USDA says it has no evidence the shipments are something other than what they call a brushing scam, in which people receive unsolicited items from a seller who then posts false customer reviews to boost sales. The packages do appear to be coming from China, according to the agency. On Monday, they said they were aware that people across the country have received unsolicited packages of seeds from China. Of course, I would never plant strange seeds if they came to my house, unless there's some evidence that they're from Jack and the Beanstalks magic bean collection. Did you buy them from the same guy who sold Jack his beanstalk beans? Speaking of freebies and handouts, just about every day when I watch mainly local news programs, there always seems to be a story or two about freebies. Either a food giveaway or a school backpack, school supply giveaway, or some toy drive. And they always seem to occur in areas of the inner cities. And always, it seems, an overwhelming large majority of the recipients of the handouts appear to be from the same demographic group. Hey, that's okay. If those recipients are truly in need of the handout, that's fine. If those recipients are actually poor and needy and not just entitled and greedy, I have no problem with someone getting a gift. But when those recipients show up with their nice cars, 
new cars dressed very nicely with nice $300 hairdos and big gold hoop earrings and makeup and shiny teeth nice clothing and tattoos well that raises suspicion doesn't it all lined up to get a free bag of groceries or a backpack full of school supplies or a bicycle or a basketball and lately the news crews seem to make a point of it to show the recipients that are wearing BM masks I'm sorry BLM masks or shirts as if to push an agenda just a little bit further it's just an observation based on Every one of these giveaways, charity, handout drives, they show on the local television news programs. Based on that, it must be true that no white kids are needy. No white kids could use a bike or a ball or a backpack of school supplies. Or could it be that the media is pushing, driving, hammering home a false narrative that all white kids are privileged and therefore they need nothing handed to them? And only non-white kids need these things. Are all white people really so wealthy that they never need anything provided to them? Let me ask you this, where are the Vietnamese, the Chinese, the Japanese, the Korean kids likely working? You know, at a job, perhaps? Or at least they have enough honor and self-respect than to be seen on television taking charity and handouts. Where are the lines of Mexicans and Guatemalans and Hondurans and Cubans and other Hispanic kids looking for their freebies? What? No, come on. You think they don't show up because they think it's a trick by ICE or the Border Patrol to round them up? Not likely. Or is it that they too are out working and earning and buying what they need and what they want? Hey, I'm just pointing out facts as presented on the television screen by the local news outlets. Either all non-white, non-Asian, and non-Latino kids need everything handed to them, or all non-white, non-Asian, and non-Latino kids' parents are working for a living. Or perhaps there's an active pandering policy to provide handouts to only one segment of the American population in a shadow reparations program. Just asking. Were these magic grits? Did you buy them from the same guy who sold Jack his pizza beans? I got no more use for this guy. Background music provided by Audio Notes. This is the Truth Hurts program. We'll be right back. Steve Z is saying what you know you are thinking. This is the Truth Hurts program. I get a lot of feedback from my listeners, and sometimes I choose to share that feedback directly, and sometimes I just incorporate some of that feedback into my programs. A good friend of mine, a listener since day one, a person whom I've traveled literally around the world with on business, sent me the following. We'll just call him Neil. He says, I enjoy listening to your daily podcasts and your views on world events. My wife and I, though, want solutions, not necessarily summary and opinions from talking heads at Fox or the mainstream media. Topics where we want a solution include Antifa rioters, local curfews are a joke, 
identify and list all federal laws they break and throw their asses in a big boy or girl or trans jail. Number two, voter fraud. What federal law forces voter record purges? The solution's pretty simple. Match the Census Bureau numbers in each precinct. If they've moved or died, remove their name, period. Sounds pretty good. Schools. Why not copy Europe and Asia on how they've reopened their schools in the wake of the coronavirus? Good point. COVID versus the seasonal flu. Viruses have survived for millions of years and will mutate. Vaccines are a year-to-year Band-Aid fix and at best a temporary solution. Find a way to protect the elderly. Let the young and healthy go back to work, to restaurants, to schools, and to bars. Great point. U.S. COVID numbers. Suspend hospital incentive payments to report a death caused by COVID-19. That sounds like a really good solution. That would define legitimate deaths, less those with underlying conditions, and we'd get a better idea of what the truth is regarding this virus. Number six, Democrat mayors and governors in New York, Washington, Oregon, California. Change the Kool-Aid these people drink to orange juice. (laughs) Give them some vitamin C. Great point. Number seven, finally he writes, President Trump, you need to confirm, can he rescind his national emergency, which I believe is the vehicle that opened Pandora's box, allowing governors and mayors the right to open and close their cities and states? That's a good point. I'll take a few seconds to address them in the order that they came through. Antifa rioters, local curfews are a joke. And yes, there with our current level of technology, cameras, video surveillance, audio surveillance, the ability to track and prosecute, let's say a pedophile for having a picture of a 17 year old girl who showed you her boobies and prosecute that person as a pedophile. That same technology could be used to monitor and round up and prosecute those violent offenders who are destroying federal property, private property, looting and shooting and vandalism. That's a great point, and it should be something that is done. Let's talk about voter fraud. There are federal laws that force voter record purges. I'm sure there are. I'm sure states also have such laws on the books. The solution may be simple. However, they would be targeted as racism by the left. Anytime you take any Democrat's name off the rolls, even for legitimate reasons like, you know, my dad was a registered Democrat. He died in 1979, but I'm sure he's voted Democrat ever since. Match the Census Bureau numbers in each precinct. If they've moved or died, simply remove their name. That is a great plan and unfortunately a pipe dream because in this era of Me Too and everybody's a racist, I don't think that plan will come to fruition. Number three, schools. Copy Europe and Asia on how they reopen their schools. Well, the difference is Europe and Asia don't have a cadre of litigation specialists. You know, lawyers, attorneys, people out there looking for the next mesothelioma or the next hernia mesh to sue about. We have to have tort reform, real, actual, active tort reform in the United States before anything like that could become a reality. I've spoken often on the show about the COVID virus versus the seasonal flu. I've spoken ad nauseum about viruses which have survived for millions of years and mutate, and about how the yearly flu vaccine is a hit and miss, 
sometimes less than 50% effective solution to the yearly mutation of H1N3, H2N5, or SARS-CoV this or that or the other. I agree, protect the elderly. Find a way to isolate them because they have been here for us all along. But yes, allow the students to go back to school and the young to go back to work and develop that herd immunity that Dr. Fauci spoke about in the beginning, but you don't hear a word about now because the powers that be, those puppet masters pulling his strings and those of the scarf-wearing Dr. Burks have chosen to discount the theory of herd immunity, even though it's fact. Number five on that list was U.S. COVID numbers. Suspend the hospital incentive payments to report a death caused by COVID-19 as anything other. I understand. I've been saying it all along. When a guy dies in a 90 mile an hour head-on motorcycle crash and is considered a COVID-19 death, it is done so for political gamesmanship and of course an incentive towards a COVID treatment bonus for the hospital who pronounced him dead on arrival. Democrat mayors, governors in New York, Washington, Oregon, California, change the Kool-Aid to orange juice. My friend, I have no words for that other than bravo, but you can't. You can't take the Kool-Aid out of the body. It didn't happen with Jim Jones and the cult in Guyana, and it won't happen in the minds and hearts and evil souls of the leftists running those particular cities and states. Finally, you said President Trump can he rescind his national emergency, which opened the Pandora's box? He could, but here's my point. I don't think he should. The national emergency created by the president's executive order allows the president to invoke the Presidential Production Act to make those much demanded, but as it turns out, not really needed quantities of ventilators. It shifted production from bourbon to hand sanitizer, which as we reported on an earlier program, sometimes contains methanol and can make you go blind. It's not just what you do with your right or left hand that can make you go blind, but sometimes it is that methanol that can harm you. Rescinding the presidential emergency would also do one other thing that I hope President Trump holds in his deck of cards. Should the Democrats engage in election fraud, voter fraud, which I'm sure they will be doing, the president could, under the Stafford Act, and with the National Emergency Declaration, hold on to power just a little bit longer until he, the president, declares that the emergency has passed. It's written in the law, which was put into effect under the Obama administration. And wouldn't that be a fine how do you do if the fraud in the election tilts things the way of creepy, sleepy, gropey, mopey, dopey Joe Biden? And the president says, nope, we still have an emergency and under the Stafford Act and under this emergency declaration, I get to remain in power a little longer. Wouldn't that be a fork in the ass of the Democrats? So thank you, Neil, we'll call you Neil, for sending this information to us. I do appreciate the feedback. Keep it coming. It helps keep the truth hurts relevant. And that, my friends, is the truth. And unfortunately for those on the left, sometimes the truth hurts. Background music provided by Jason Shaw and Audionautics and by Anchor FM, the best way to podcast.
could spend time in traffic listening to some biased local or national talk show. You could listen to that same song one more time. You could engage in mundane conversation with your carpool buddy. Or you could even sit there quietly pondering the meaning of life. Boring. How about listening to the Truth Hurts program with me, Steve Z? I provide some welcome distraction from the canned scripts of the national networks, and I talk about the real issues of today. Best of all, it's free, and you can listen anytime on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Spotify, Overcast, or many others. Or simply type in The Truth Hurts Steve Z into your web browser, and you can listen to all of what you know you're thinking right on your computer or smartphone. It's like having that conversation around the water cooler without the leaky water cooler. One of my listeners from Florida, Beth, sent me something on social media, and I thought it was pretty interesting. So I figured I would rinse and repeat it to you in case you haven't seen it or heard it on social media. I used to think I was pretty much just a regular guy, but I was born white into a two-parent household. And somehow now, that labels me as privileged, racist, and somehow responsible for slavery, which ended over 157 years ago. I'm a fiscal and moral conservative, which by today's standards makes me a fascist, because I plan, and because I budget, and because I save my money, and I don't ask for handouts. What I have today has not been handed to me on a silver platter. It has been earned by long years of hard work many times, months at a time away from my family. But now I find out that I am not here because I earned it, but I am somehow considered to be advantaged. I'm heterosexual, which according to some folks now makes me a homophobe automatically. Listen, I love people. I have many non-heterosexual friends, but I am not against them, but somehow some of them are against me. I'm not a Muslim, which now labels me as an infidel. And since I believe in the Second Amendment, I am now a threat to liberals, so I get labeled somehow as part of a militia. I'm over 40, which makes me pretty much useless with outdated ideas and values. I think, and I reason, and I consider things, and I doubt much of what the mainstream media tells me, which automatically labels me as a right-wing conspiracy nutjob. I'm proud of my French and my Croatian heritage. I'm proud of our inclusive American culture, which now somehow makes me a xenophobe. I believe in hard work, a hard work ethic. I believe in fair play and fair compensation based on my merits, which now makes me a target of socialists and the Antifa crowd. I believe that our system guarantees freedom of effort, not freedom of outcome or freedom to get subsidies, which evidently makes me a borderline sociopath. I believe in a strong defense, and I believe in protection of my nation, America, for all and by all of its citizens, and now that makes me a militant. I'm proud of the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, for it is one nation under God. I'm proud of what it stands for, and I'm proud of the many who died so that that flag may fly over our great nation. And this is why I stand, place my hand over my heart during the playing of the national anthem. This now somehow makes me a racist. 
I kneel only before God for the cross, which now makes me a racist and a bigot. I think that all lives matter, yours and mine, and the guys down the street, which now somehow labels me again as a racist. My feeling is if you have to put a color in front of the word lives matter, it is you who are the racist. I think riots, anarchy, destruction of property, looting, breaking and entering, and all the other things that are going on around our country are just plain wrong. And they're just somehow an excuse to push a political agenda and show just how ignorant and uneducated we all are, including teachers. So I'm labeled a racist. I support and I will always support our law enforcement, our servicemen and women, and that labels me a racist. And since I only said servicemen and servicewomen, I must also be an uncaring jerk who doesn't understand that there are 57 genders instead of the two that God Almighty graced us with. I question how fear is being used to control us during the COVID-19 pandemic and how the numbers are being so horribly misconstrued and mismanaged and misreported. And I think the crisis is being used for political gain, so now I'm labeled careless and non-sympathetic. Listen, I know the virus is real, it does exist, but I think it is overplayed, overhyped, overreported, and therefore that makes me a conspiracy theorist. Yes, liberals try to make me feel bad about who I am, but based on everything above, some want me to believe that I am a bad person. I got news for you, I'm not. I'm a very good person who loves my God, my family, my friends, and of course, my country. Thank you, Beth, I appreciate you sending that in. Pretty much sums up how I feel, and I'm sure it sums up how many normal Americans feel. We'll be back. This is the Truth Hurts program, and you're listening to us on Anchor.fm and other social media platforms. Background music provided by Jason Shaw and Audionautics and Anchor FM. And that, my friends, is why it sounds so good. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. If you don't, keep it to yourself. This is a Truth Hurts program. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Hopefully, we have provided you with engaging, enlightening, and educational information that will allow you to make informed decisions. I know you may not necessarily agree with everything I say, but that's okay in America. The right to express your opinion is guaranteed in the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Just as I respect your right to your opinion, I expect you to respect my right to my opinion. That's how it works. When all is said and done, usually more is said than is ever done. So if you are actually going to go out and do something today, please make it a worthwhile endeavor. Until next time, this is The Truth Hurts Program.